creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast. It's a week of Friday, February 16th, 2018, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando studios, Eddie, birthday boy, Koffels. Yes, 38, <laughs> rocking it. It's a big deal. Over there on the ones and twos, our illustrious producer, my brother, Chandler Strang. Hello. On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And joining us today from Austin, Texas, the new girl, author, speaker, podcaster, <laughs> Annie F. Downs. Good morning, gents. Good to see you. As part of our weekly, just now we have to do Where this. Where in the world is Annie F. Downs? Where are you? <laughs> yeah, so I'm at Westover Church of Christ in the bridal get ready room oh. in Austin, Texas. Oh, Happy uh, Valentine's Annie, Day. Do you have some Happy news to Valentine's tell us? Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> do you have some plans this afternoon? I am alone I mean, in the bridal room. <laughs> it's just it where they set me up. I, I'll take the blessing. I mean, yeah. by the time people listen to this, Valentine's has happened, but right. you know, a little behind the scenes. Yeah, so this is the day. This is the day before Valentine's. Day. Yeah, we yeah. record Tuesday at 10 a.m. Jesse. Sorry. Yeah, not exactly. Hey, <laughs> big news for the week. Hey, Eddie's birthday. My birthday. Yeah. We have a party going on in the studio today. Uh, I, this is the theater of the mind. Let me paint a picture. Yeah, there is, <laughs> there is tinsel all over the table. Ooh, the put studio in some table. Of that, put put in like Radio Lab music underneath this. Just like really like there, there is a, a large helium balloon. This is Happy Birthday right next to Eddie. Even Lucy are going there, to love that. In there about an are hour. Uh, twelve. Uh, chocolate and vanilla uh, cupcakes. Well, it's important to note that they're Publix cupcakes because that's what makes them excellent. Yes, yeah, that's right. the business. These yeah. are going to be very good cupcakes. And we have a very special birthday cake that was sent to Eddie. No lie. This is not paid for by ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter sent Eddie a birthday cake birthday with their logo on it yeah. that says, uh, wishing you a, a happy birthday, Eddie. With candles on it, like yeah. a ready-to-go birthday cake from ZipRecruiter. <laughs> ZipRecruiter. Uh, Higher beauty. What is it? I forget their tagline. Higher beautifully. Higher no, beautifully. I don't think that's their tagline. Yeah. But, but thanks to them for the free birthday cake. Yeah. And it's uh, awesome. Funny, uh, funny story. There is rumor around because I haven't cut it yet because I wanted right. to have like the presentation. But um, people around the office are pretty stoked about the ZipRecruiter cake because apparently they have quite a reputation for having amazing cakes. Well, they, they really? sent a ZipRecruiter cake uh, last year to another staffer yeah. on their birthday and uh, every, it was all the rage. Yeah. So, well, I would like to thank the one person that found their job on ZipRecruiter, working for ZipRecruiter, <laughs> sending out cakes to podcasters. That's right. <laughs> Listening to every podcast. No, that was very sweet of you, ZipRecruiter. The, oh. other, the other big news in the room, I don't know if, uh, Jesse, you can see with the uh, studio camera. Chandler uh, got a tattoo. Oh, that's true. Uh, Chandler no, did get a tattoo. No, that is not the big news. That yeah. is not the big news. Uh, <laughs> sitting directly across from me, Theater of the Mind, as a huge uh, cast. <laughs> I broke my on hand. Eddie's hand. <laughs> I did. I broke my hand on, on, your, uh, on your birthday? It wasn't. So, what I did is <laughs> it happened on February 11th, the day before my birthday, my right. grandmother's birthday. Oh, um, well, happy birthday, Grams. She has been dead for years. Okay. <laughs> Um, still our birthday. Still, still our birthday. Bir- I did the little like finger kiss to the sky you when, know I, when oh I did that. You know what's funny though? Yeah, Annie's way more sensitive about her dead grandparents. Than apparently, okay, I am. Okay, listen. Uh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about actual people's family here, Eddie. Just oh, to let you know, that's my favorite reaction when Jesse makes us tap out of a conversation. One, one time in sixth grade, I was a new kid at a Christian school, and like to start the day, they would do prayer. Oh, I love this. And uh, my my grandfather, I'd missed a few days from school. My grandfather had a stroke and we had to visit him in the hospital. And so the next day back, I'm brand new. I know like three people in this class. 
You got to make a splash. I raised my hand. Yeah. Uh, In the prayer, my grandpa died. Yeah. And everybody's so sad for me and hugging me and stuff like that. He didn't die. Yeah. And uh, (gasps) I just. You just lied? I don't know why I did that. He lived for another seven years. (laughs) (gasps) So really, everybody's like, hey. dropped you off at school today. <laughs> Who's that old guy that dropped you off? You're like, ah, oh, it's a family Yeah, family friend. friend. I don't know. But like he said he was your grandpa. No, family friend. Yeah. No, no, no. I don't he, know why. I said my grandpa died. I don't know. This you could have just said grandpa died and, and, and be telling the truth because somewhere Someone's, there's a good somewhere. bet that a grandpa right. just and a finger died. to the sky. Uh, right. Happy birthday, Gramps. Yeah. Yeah. So I <laughs> miss you. I didn't say my grandpa. I said grandpa. Yeah. Uh, so here's what happened. In a, uh, it, I, I really, so it's called a boxer's fracture. So if you trace the line, the bone down from your pinky, that's just all broken. And then uh, the knuckle on my pinky finger, which is the, the smallest, gentlest finger, apparently, <laughs> the knuckle is dislocated. So It's your T finger. I was having a personal, alone, frustrated moment, and I was a little bit frustrated with myself. Sitting and on the punch floor. some guy in the face. No, I wish it was dramatic. Like I put <laughs> I my hand through a wall and hit the stud, but I was just sitting there quietly in my home and I just kind of punched the ground. I was just sitting there and I was <gasps> dang it. And I just punched the ground from about four or five inches. And we've like all done this in our life. And except I no, shattered sir, my- I have not. I have never punched the ground and broken my hand. Well, I mean, I think we've all punched the ground, but either way, I I, uh, I broke the hand. So the good good news is I've got a temporary <laughs> cast on for a week, and then a permanent cast on for two months. Two months with his writing hand. He's yes, right handed, and it's my right hand. It's my guitar playing hand. So mm. this is going to kill my career. Mm. I don't even know how I'm going to do open mics anymore. <laughs> These hands are how I make my living playing yeah. Dave Matthews covers. Yeah. So <laughs> Eddie, so. you. You are the tenderest person. You're an Enneagram four mm-hmm. and you punched the ground with such force that you broke your own hand. Yeah, shattered I, it. I burned pretty I burned pretty deep he and didn't quiet. Like, it wasn't a nick. He shattered it. It yeah. was multiple breaks. I I I get very frustrated, like per, like not externally. Like if any of us got in a thing, I would be like, okay, um, cool. And then I would walk away and then apparently shatter my hand. So it was just a personal moment of like, I was just frustrated about something and it wasn't like a big thing. It was just a little thing and it wasn't a thing, but I just was like, just, I should have gotten up and gone for Eddie a walk. Eddie was telling this story in the kitchen just now and a friend walked by and he's, and, and I said, if I ever get frustrated here at the office, I just want you to remember that the nicest man in the world shattered his hand with rage. Well, I don't know about nicest, been, but Chandler, it's <laughs> not nice to you. <laughs> Chandler, some people deserve it. <laughs> you Fair are enough. not a good person. Fair That's enough. not true. I love you, Chandler, so much. I would. I, I was like, I, Eddie's fracture makes us all look better. Is yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah, and to be clear, it's a clean break. It's uh, if you look at the I mean, X-ray, it's got like a little jokey. You have six fingers now, basically. <laughs> yeah. Eddie, here's the thing: like, it's an embarrassing injury, and in what you could you could easily lie about this, and no one would know of, of uh, making oh. it something much cooler. Hundred percent. Even something that's embarrassing, but just sounds cooler. Like you were trying to karate chop through something, or <laughs> you know it. it <laughs> you know, like I, I feel like you don't have to tell people you were punching the floor out of frustration. Well, here's here's the deal. I Eddie's got. I told him you, you've got two months of everybody asking you what you yes. do. Yeah. So here's the rule I'm going to do. When I'm around people that I like know that are my actual friends, like you guys, that I'm going to tell you what happened. But if I am stopping right for a cup of coffee, they're like, ooh, rough, ha- rough. Are you right handed? How'd you hurt your hand? I'm going to make up something super fun. And I'm just going to use this, know this week's question of the week. How, how did Eddie, come Eddie up, yeah. Yeah. Help Eddie come up with stories and how he broke his hand? Just yeah. 100%. I, 
I just, yeah, I just need pages of lies. Yeah. Just a real quick break. So I mean, it's called what a was box. it like when you rise? Like, oh my gosh, I broke that. Like, did you have a moment where you're like, oh, we're going to well, have to go to the hospital. So I got instantly nauseous and I was like, huh, I must, oh, I must not have breakfast gosh. yet. So I got instantly nauseous and I looked at my hand <laughs> and it was shaking. And then oh. I touched my finger. I, I was like, huh, what is this? And I tried to just bend it's my a sixth finger. I just tried to bend my hand and oh. I was like, oh, oh, I need, I'm going to, I'm going to pass out. So I just stopped. Oh. And then I was like, uh, at that point, like Eve and Lucy then got up because then it's like, because this was like early, it's before anyone got up. So they got up and Brie got up and everybody's like, hey, how are you doing? And I was like, I tried to be cool about it, but I was like, hey, good. Um, I think I did break my hand. And Brian was, and you're like, people are still getting sleep out of their eye. And they're like, dad, you broke your hand. I did. I'm going to give it the day, see if it's just a sprain. And then I'll go tomorrow when the doctor opens. So oh, did, what did you do all day? Like, how did, did you wrap yeah. it up or I, I didn't because you just I didn't use your hand. I just did not use my hand and I, uh, just refused to believe. Are I, they, are they going to do the surgery on it? No surgery, which uh, is okay. Cause I had a clean break on my left pinky finger yeah. and the surgery was the option if I wanted it straight and I opted to not. Yeah. And so I have a, a jog in the pinky. Yeah. And what's um, your, what's your reasoning? What were you punching? I was playing basketball by myself yes. and I was, uh, my old garage hoop, you know, back when I was in high school, that's what happened to me. And I was, and I would throw the ball up on the garage roof right. and it would roll down really fast and I would catch it like a pass and then shoot it. Right. right. And the ball was coming pretty fast, held the hand up to catch it and it caught the pinky and it Ooh. snapped it and clean like a yeah. seven, Oof. like oh. it just like straight. <laughs> oh, I think I broke that. Yeah. <laughs> Went to the doctor and they're like, well, it's just a pinky. So well, yeah. they put it in a splint. They're like, we can make it straight, but you'd have surgery. I'm like, yeah, it's just a pinky. Yeah. Well, I, I made the mistake of having surgery on a broken finger and I had like a pin in there and the whole thing. The, the, the finger doesn't even, it's not even close to working right, right now. Like I'm pretty <laughs> no. sure. You can't go to a metal detector. Yeah. Every time the, the humidity drops, you get like a little <laughs> hitch in your step. He catches AM radio from, from China. It's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> really yeah, Jesse, what yeah. did you punch? Hey, 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 yeah, Why you know how I question, broke my finger. <laughs> I, I poked something very frustrated. I was just <laughs> I get frustrated. I don't punch. I just go this, this, and I just poke something really. And I'll say this: I break fingers all the time. Dude. It's a very terrible poking a wall very hard is not a good way to relieve frustration. I've yeah. learned that lesson uh, yeah. more times than I'd oh. like to admit. But that is hilarious. Um, Eddie, that have is you just had unbelievable. Any, uh, uh, incidents like this? Or do you have no. self-control? Ah, no, okay. yeah, I've never broken a hand. I mean, I've broken my wrist because I was holding hands and spinning around with a friend and she let go and I broke my wrist. Oh, wow. okay. But, okay, was this last week or were you like a child? I was a junior in high school. Uh, S- still Youth group stuff. Oh, you you spinning around yeah. with your best friend. Youth group stuff. Okay, everybody just get cool. You were the youth thing. group who uh, got injured group. during game night. Oh, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, were you into youth group? <laughs> we haven't really gotten into this with you. You were like, you were like a church kid. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you guys are. But yeah, well, that's the thing about youth group is that I think upon reflection, you know, most of the activities that you did in youth group were actually appropriate for third graders, but well, they right. for some reason thought seventeen year olds. <laughs> Would, would, would like, you know, I mean, the game night stuff, though, seriously, I mean, cramming on the marshmallows right, in your mouth bunny. or doing yeah. that whole right or doing that thing where you have to pass the apple with your neck and no hands. Yes. You know, yes. I never did that. I mean, they do all that like regularly. It is a way to interact, I guess. But yeah. it, it, it is inevitable that somebody's gonna get injured. Is there oh, any yeah. other place in culture where people play games like that? 
for teenagers. No, for some no. reason, youth group is the only place that we pass <laughs> apples with our necks. There's nowhere else. And we that wonder happens. why it's it's hard to get the cool kids from school to come. You know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like they're doing cool stuff. I'm not condoning it, but they're like drinking at parties and driving sports cars, and we're trying to get them to come to our church to pass apples with their neck. It's no wonder. I've seen all the high school movies. I know what shenanigans they're getting into. They're out at the side of a cliff that overlooks the town with a Letterman jacket on smoking <laughs> cigarettes that they stole and we want them to come you know play chubby bunny get, get real yeah. the cool kids aren't coming they're, not, they're just not coming dude that's a really accurate point yeah. like when I right? think about it I'm like I just I just went every once in a while because it was like well, I'm basically brainwashed into this culture and I live in a really boring city so why wouldn't I show up to youth group but like for a kid for an outsider you're like oh this is uh what are, what are you guys doing? Yeah, I always yeah. feel like that when I bring somebody to church, I become I just put on this different lens. Like I, I, we brought someone a couple of weeks ago that just had never been, and when they like ask you to stand up and sing, like we don't even think about it. But I think like what are they thinking that we're all like doing a group sing and then we're all being asked to stand up in the middle right before the chorus and do a group sing? Like I know it works, but it's a very weird thing to me. Also, you all have all checked out. I've, everybody's <laughs> looking at their computer. What no, is no, happening? I'm listening to you. Sorry I just to bother you with a podcast. I, but I'm a- not me. I was listening. I was listening. I just didn't want to interrupt. I'm working really hard on interrupting less, but having a voice. Right. But Jesse has a job on this show, and it's when I begin to say something that is uninteresting, yeah. he percolates <laughs> and, and fixes it at the end. So what was supposed to happen was this. Anyhow, it must be really weird for people to come to church. Yeah, Eddie, you're right. Like when I go <laughs> see this kid, works. like <laughs> hanging out behind the dumpsters, you know, with, with a football under his arm and, and a cigarette behind his ear, right. uh, you know, that that kid. And I say, hey, listen, I got something real cool, Jack. Yeah. Why don't you come yes. and sing songs with people? Yes, yeah, that's, that's how it works. Father Abraham, we do it ironically, but right. we're still doing Father that's Abraham. Right. But then oh. we get serious, and you're going to need to raise your hands and stand in front of everybody while they judge you and wonder about why you brought cigarettes into a church. I'm just throwing that right. out there, kid. But. Hey, uh, we have a great show in store for you today. I'm calling it the Eddie Koffeltz Birthday Edition yes. episode. Yes. Um, coming up later, Social Club Misfits joins us. Uh, they have a new album coming out. They are doing that Songs That Changed My Life Segment. Oh, I, I love this. I segment. love their music. Yeah. I love their album. I really want to know what what uh, songs influence them. It's gonna be good. I am always amazed at how uh, when they when do this, people go are so outside of their own genre. Yeah. I would assume it would yeah. be like, but it's just like yeah. usually. Yeah, Fran is gonna it. be really into James Taylor. Yeah. Deep except, cut. Except for every once in a while, we'll get someone who names their own song as one of the Matt Carney. Matt Carney. Yeah, that's so <laughs> funny. <laughs> Matt Carney's fifth song that changed his life was his own song. Hey man, oh, that's right. that. but he pitched you know? it as like yeah, it right, was a right. moment yeah. for him to. Well, it, yes. it literally like gave him a career because it took yeah, off. I and I'm like, yeah, we eventually changed his life. But yeah, right, yeah, yeah, and and also coming up after that, author Amina Brown joins us. I love yeah. Amina. There you go. She is awesome. It's a packed yeah. show. She's I saw amazing. her do spoken word at a justice conference one time, and it was like one of those moments where everybody's sort of shuffling, getting started, and she just started, and the whole room, like there was, everybody just stopped, all eyes on yes. her. She is magnetic. She is amazing. There you go. Well, moving the show along, it's time for our weekly look back at what happened in culture and entertainment. It's time for In Case You Missed It. In case you missed it, worship leader and rapper Christian Grey uh, provides the soundtrack for the new trailer of The Rock's Rampage movie. 
The, the recent trailer for the upcoming big budget adaptation of the video game franchise features Gray's 2016 song, Stop Me. Along with uh, serving as a worship pastor, Gray is the younger brother of fellow rapper Taylor Gray and has uh, released music under Kirk Franklin's RCA imprint. Here is a clip of the trailer. Your oversized monkey is old news. Of course the wolf flies. Let's go save the world. That's a big arm. Don't fight it. I mean, that's awesome. I, I always wonder how that stuff. How does that happen? Yeah. yeah. Like it's just somebody. It's really well, new music. I mean, think about it. He's not the only notable Christian artist to be featured in a high profile action trailer. Oh, yeah. I, I, we previously told you um, worship artist Gunger yes. provided the score for yeah. a Justice League trailer last year. I remember and watching it, that trailer and was like. And, and then Lauren c- Daigle was on a huge. Yeah. She was soundtrack. on the Blade Runner. The Blade Runner one. Yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. It's not just like Christian artists. These are like worship overtly artists. worship artists. Yeah. You yeah. Know? I wonder how that works. Well, because you want the soaring kind of cinematic arcade fire esque build. Yeah, worship yeah. music yeah, has that. All yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really neat. Good for Ryan them. Ryan from yeah. Sleeping at Last does a lot of soundtracks too. Do y'all listen to his stuff? I love his stuff. Yeah, oh, of course. Yeah, Ryan yeah he soundtracked the uh, podcast, Mike Mike Foster's podcast. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Fun therapy. Don't Fun therapy. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. He did. Fun therapy. I love that show. It is the show that I would. I, I like. Can you imagine being a guest? Oh, you were a guest yeah, on Annie. Yeah, I can imagine it. That I can was really my imagine introduction it. Introduction to, to Annie. Yeah, God, I did edit on that. Every time I hear him, somebody on that, I'm like, Oh no, I could never. Oh, do Chandler. That. Oh, he's deep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it's intense. It, yeah. Just hanging out with Mike is like that. Yeah. No, I'm not. It's it, such. <laughs> <laughs> I've never awkward. put those words together before, and that's what makes the show so intriguing. Because Mike is is such a cool oh, guy. I love it. But yeah. but to me, in my mind, fun and therapy never go together. You know, <laughs> uh, Jesse, that's the number one thing people have said to me since the show is like, why is it called fun therapy? That was not fun. I was like, that was yeah. not fun. <laughs> it's fun for us. When I, yeah. when I, yeah, yeah, it's fun the, for the listener. Can I, but can I tell you why I have kind of biased against therapy? Why I don't think therapy is fun? Because most of the therapy I've done has been physical therapy for horrifically broken fingers. After <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, in a rage, poke things very hard. And to get these digits working again, I have to go through very painful therapy that's almost and i'll tell you this at least other types of physical therapies you're like jumping over stuff or yeah. like doing little workouts finger therapy is very Poking. boring it's not fun at all so <laughs> uh in case you missed it this week jen hatmaker yes. uh, discussed adoption and the importance of addressing racism Oof. racism on the today show the speaker and author appeared in a special segment where she talked about what she's learned as the adoptive mother of two children from ethiopia the piece offers an intimate look at Hatmaker's own family story. They have five children total, as well as a personal look at race in America and how the experience of being part of a multiracial family has informed her perspective on the importance of standing against racial injustice. Here's a clip. We now have learned that we are in charge of the narrative that our kids learn. And we cannot necessarily trust leaders to do the right thing or to say what's true, to do what's just, to call evil, evil, to call racism, racism. This is not the place to be neutral or silent. This is on us at this point um, to come in with clear, clear leadership for the kids that we're raising, the kids that we're influencing to be an advocate and ally for their peers of color. Hopefully, there are enough of us out here saying 
unacceptable. Unacceptable. By the time my kids are my age, I am hoping that they are living in a different society where really, where racial equality is not a dream, it's not a hope, but it is a reality that they are living in securely and deeply and presently. Man, Jen Hatmaker is really like very brave about her whole life. Like she no just kidding. goes out there and really talks very personally. I mean, that whole video was like her kids were on camera talking about how like her son was talking about how like he had heard another kid say the N word and they had to process that at home. And I'm like, man, uh, her, her bravery is going to help a lot of people. I was, that was a, I was very moved by that whole video. It was crazy. And it's cool that her platform extends from kind of the, the church world into, you know, more mainstream audiences, something like this on the Today Show, or I know she's, you know, kind of been featured on like HDTV where, yeah. you know, <clears throat> her her platform is influencing a lot of people and challenging a lot of ideas, uh, you know, for a lot of different kind of audiences, which is really cool that she has that kind of appeal. I wonder how long it took her to be that brave. I mean, I, I'm thinking like 100 days or so, probably. <laughs> Oh my gosh. She got a Annie, what are your she thoughts? got a pre-release yeah. in October and just finished it. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. now she's on the Today Show. How many days the brave? Annie F. Downs uh, available now. You're welcome, oh, friends. Yeah, and Jesse and I coming out with 99 days to brave. Oh, oh dear. Yeah. I didn't better. mean to undercut you, but, uh, but what's what's even? Do you know better? the pastors at my church made that joke a few weeks ago? They put up a oh. slide uh, and it said 50 days to brave, and they said they could get you brave in half the time. Oh, now I'm embarrassed that I made yeah, their me and, joke. Me and Eddie, we, we, all of our mental power combined could only shave one day off. Yeah. <laughs> and mostly it was just because we made like contractions out of a bunch of the words and just kind of tightened it up. Man, I'll tell you, can I say a thought about Jen Hatmaker? Yeah. She is a dear friend of mine. I love her. But our all of our mutual friends, John Christ, said last week to me, even when you don't agree with someone, if they're brave enough to say something that costs them, you should listen. And I think that's true of yes. Jen Hatmaker. There are a lot mm. of people who don't necessarily agree with Jen Hatmaker. But man, if you are willing to say and stand up when it will cost you something, we should listen, even when we don't always agree, because that she is incredibly brave. And I um, I love her very much. Yeah, she gets a lot of heat. I read an article oh, man, a week or so destroyed. ago, and it, the article was just trash. And it was just like talking about how she is. It, it was mostly because she came out as really strongly LGBTQ plus affirming. And yeah. like now she's leading an entire country of Christians to hell, essentially, was the crux of the article. And it was like, I, I get that you may not agree with her, but I like she is a pastor at a really respectable church that is caring for marginalized people of all. I mean, they will give away shoes. They take off their shoes literally on Easter and give mm -hmm. all of the shoes away. Like they just do incredible things. I, I just it's a. It is, I understand how she could be polarizing, but it is hard for me to accept how vitriolic people are towards her because she says things like she did in this Today Show art, like story. Yeah. Yeah. People will get mad Maybe I'll know she was just yeah. on Larry King this week too. He's still, He's still alive? alive? Yeah, that's what yeah. I was thinking. <laughs> Where is his show broadcast? Just out of yeah. curiosity. The, inter the internet. I'm Larry King, coming to you. From walking around. Have you ever seen Larry King in street clothes? Like when he's not wearing the suspenders in the dress shirt. I, no, like I don't what think he, he dresses like off camera. What is it? Is it like Michael Jordan? 
Like it, the, it, the, that is the perfect analogy, Cameron. <laughs> Have you ever seen the "What is Michael Jordan wearing?" Uh, yeah, yeah, it's unreal. He, he wears like bootcut jeans all the time and terrible fashion. Yeah, it's it's like shocking. I saw a picture of of Larry King head to toe in a very flamboyant like Ed Hardy get up. Like wow. Ed Har- yeah. Yeah, it's just. I think like he goes into the store. I think he. I think. I think Larry King's strategy is he goes into the store like a Nordstrom's and he finds right. the most expensive outfit he he can, right. thinking that that will translate into the coolest outfit, and he just buys it and wears it. But he's Larry King, <laughs> so who sense. cares? So here's the thing, though. It it you got to be brave to wear an Ed Hardy outfit, and mm-hmm. when somebody's willing, even if you disagree with the outfit, <laughs> if somebody's willing to be that brave to wear it, you yeah. need to listen. Yeah. Yeah. Day ninety eight of, of my uh, of Jesse's yeah. my, our version ninety nine yeah. days. Ed Hardy. Day ninety eight is you walk right into your local Ed Hardy store, <laughs> yeah, that's right. suit up, right? Because day ninety nine is you going out on the town. And it's what you do is three back to back spray tans too. Uh, yeah. Before, you know. It's Day 99 uh, is you need to go to your t- 10-year high school reunion. Yeah. Full Ed Hardy. <laughs> That's your 99th day. So Jesse, your your theory on spray tans is it's like it's like coats of paint. Yes. Like 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 oh, the yeah. first layer might have the previous poking through. You got to cover that again with another coat. Yeah, I mean the first three, you, you know, know, I I usually I mean, I go on almost toxic level of spray tan. I mean, right. cuz I look at it like the first is like the kills primer. You know, like right. I need what a specific joke. <laughs> I need a thick primer. party base coat. That's you right. Know? Oh, right. And then, and then, you know, I, I mean, honestly, I just tell, I just tell the people at the spray tan place, just leave it on. Just, just yeah. let me stand in there for legally the longest amount of time you can let me. And, you know, I've gone yeah. over three hours when they came in right. and oh, found yeah. me passed out at the bottom. There's uh, just like the, alarms. <laughs> Hey, yeah. I will say this. I'm going to say this on Jesse. Jesse Jesse comes down here about once a month and he stays with me. You yeah. know, he comes down for work and he'll stay with me. He's pretty much the only guest I have in my guest room. Yeah. I was just, I just moved out of my house. Yeah. It's been a week long process of opening all the cabinets and all the closets. And you're finding stuff that like, how did this get in my house? Right. Yeah. Oh, I'm continually. excited about right. this. In the cabinet. I'm not lying. In the cabinet, uh, uh, under the guest sink. Right. Of Jesse's room. Full like uh, a once used bottle of spray mist, spray tan mist uh, aerosol can. Be honest right now. I'm, not kidding. I'm really not kidding. There no really was. And I really thought who, what guest of mine brought their own bottle of spray tan and then left it. Yeah. Well, Jesse? you know, I've, I've tried to sneak it through the airport before and uh, it do- doesn't go. Usually I just end up using my empties in the airport bathroom because I don't right. like to let it go to waste. Because you get uh, yours at Costco. I have a whole method, Cameron. Usually, I don't know if you've cleaned the air filters in your old house in the guest room before, but uh, you're going to want to do that. Uh, they're sufficiently clogged. I know that because my method is I unload about six cans in there, just create a thick fog, and then yeah. I just kind of waft my my way through it yeah. and just let yeah. it yeah. So it's like yeah, a, a bug fumigation. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, you exactly. tent your bedroom when yeah. you spray tan. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a whole process. I spent no, thousands of dollars a month on this. I mean, Cameron, uh, did you laugh so hard when you found it, though? Well, I mean, I immediately, I, I really thought, like, what girl is? Ha- no, I haven't had a female guest in my. 
Jesse stays there. <laughs> Who is this? I, what, what, I have a question. What 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 does so this is a spray tan mist like? Can. Yeah, it's like a Neutrogena spray like tan like, aerosol whoa, can. I mean, I mean, you know, I don't recall, but you know, it, again, I mean, who knows if it's before like a big Christmas party? I mean, I could have felt inspired to get bronzed <laughs> up. You know, I want to make <laughs> a good impression. Yeah, you're he up just, there, Virginia. The sun's right. long gone by then. You're coming down to Florida, though. We're yeah. still you know yeah, ripe and. I was at that Christmas party. It was weird. He kind of descended down the staircase, full Ed Ed Hardy, and just orange, glowing. It was more of a. It wasn't as much of a color as it was sort of a aura, like, and it smelled really bad. Yeah, Cameron, if it's the Neutrogena stuff, I just request that you hang on to that and send that to me when you send me my new toothbrush because that stuff's expensive. Do you spray tan? I mean, I'll, I'll keep, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'll, there's She's opportunity. She's on stage. I mean, I mean, stage makeup. Why wouldn't you kind of re- refresh the skin yeah, that's, color? And that stuff's expensive. So if it's just hanging out, if he's going to trash it, just put it in the box with my equip, um, my equip toothbrush and send it off. In case you missed it, we found out that Annie does spray tan. Now sure. tell me more whoa. about this. Whoa, what, whoa, whoa. Does everybody do spray tan? Hey, I feel no shame for this. For starters. I don't think you should. I just don't know anything about it. Yeah, I mean, Does I don't everybody- do it very often, but there are times I've come around that I'm a naturally pale person and I'm OK with that. But there are times when, yeah, like especially if I'm doing headshots or if I'm doing video recording. I mean, yeah, you just want a little glow. It just mm. photographs better. Jesse knows about the glow. Jesse, yeah, you I mean, know, you get it. You get it, buddy. Yeah, oh, I mean, I'm you, sure in you, moderation, it looks fine. You know what I mean? Like, it looks the good. Problem is all of a Chandler's got something far. to say. He says nothing. And he says that. <laughs> well, wait, 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 Chandler, what's your take? I, I got to hear Chandler's take on spray tan. Say that one more time, please. <laughs> I said in moderation, like most things, it's probably fine. But the people who go too far with it is like, it's, like it's alcoholics exactly. or spray tan. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Or Plus presidents of, of the United States. It's easy to get sucked into <laughs> <laughs> going overboard on spray tan. All of a sudden we got Jesse Hatmaker over here. You know what I mean? We just can't yeah. get enough. Yeah. yeah that was brave. That was brave of you to say Jesse. Yeah. 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 It's going to cost me. You know, day 37, the- a comp- day 37 in the books. <laughs> yeah. You said something about the president's tan in public. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never get this. got too political. You just made from a man spray tan. How dare yeah, you? Yeah, I will, yeah, I haven't gotten there yet. Hey, in case you missed it, uh, this week, Rick and Kay Warren invited Beth Moore um, to discuss the Me Too movement at Saddleback. Yes. Beth has been a vocal advocate for the survivors of sexual abuse and discussed why it's so important for the church to discuss these issues instead of avoiding them or trying to cover them up. Uh, as she explained during the event, uh, though she was abused as a child herself, other ministers advised her not to speak about it in ministry. Uh, instead, she's used her platform to speak out against abuse and call it out in culture and the church. During the discussion, she explained that the power of Me Too is We Too, gesturing to Kay Warren, also a victim of sexual abuse as a child, and and who has also spoken out uh, against it. Here's a clip from their message. Ephesians 5, I'm going to read 11 and then 14. It says, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. I think it's so important for the church to know it is God's desire that these kinds of things are exposed, that the church is not a shelter for abusers, but is a shelter for the abused, that it is a safe place for people to be protected. And verse 14 that says, I love this because this, you see the prescription, the prescription of love and light here. But when anything is exposed by the light, 
By the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. And I don't say this to condemn, but to inform that, that when we're uncomfortable with these kinds of things being spoken about in our presence in public platforms, and you're certainly not who I'm talking about because here you are and you knew this was what you were coming into. So I, I applaud this group with everything I have. But when we squirm about it, we realize that we are inadvertently part of what we'll call the silence culture, mm. that we want this one to stay silent. Let's not talk about this. This is kind of gross. This makes me feel icky. I don't want to talk about it. But that's that silence culture that keeps it so um, such an infection in the body of Christ and keeps the church from being the safe place and the healthy place that it needs to be. I wish they had nothing to be so brave about, but I am grateful that they are speaking out. And I, I love the Warrens. Warren, yeah. I've known Rick and Kay for a, a decade yeah. and, and, and seeing them with presidents and seeing them behind the scenes, seeing them on stage, they are the most yeah. authentic, real, humble leaders. And I'm thankful for their leadership yeah. and thankful for Beth Moore's leadership yeah. in this area. I mean, I love that a platform as big as Saddleback and as influential as Saddleback is taking this on. Yeah. Um, and they've done a lot. They've done great things for mental health and bringing awareness to that because of their own story. And they just, they are like Jen, really brave about using right. their story and what they are interacting with and not just holding on to it, but using the platform to but, change uh, We've had lives. Beth on the show here in the yeah, last like, couple oh, months. Yeah. So good. She oh, is, uh, I mean, she's a prophet and I, I am just so grateful for her leadership in the church right now. It's yeah. an important time. It, it, yeah, especially because traditionally, and this is something they talk about during that whole sermon. I mean, that clip we played was incredible. The whole sermon's on the site if people want to, watch it but like you know we have to counter the posture that the church has taken for a long time especially as it comes to issues of sexual abuse where it's just not talked about or it's dealt with silently or it's not dealt with at all that like this moment this kind of me too moment that we're having in culture should also be an example to the church of like like Beth Moore says in that clip, it has to be exposed in order to be dealt with this Mm -hmm. the the way that uh, I am shocked that they would share that the church didn't handle this well. I'm shocked because not because I disagree. I'm you're sure not saying, that you're saying the, the yeah. large church. You're not saying Saddleback. Just to no, 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 no. I'm saying the larger church. Like, like because I was a pastor at a church, and we, as a team of pastors, heard about these, and we never handled it in the nightmare scenario that gets described. Like it was a very public. Like we, I mean, we had we've had. We've walked with people as they've like filed police reports, and this was never like a "don't say anything." It's gonna, it's oh, really? gonna. So, no, so it's like shocking never, that some churches have. That's done what that. I'm saying. Yeah. It's like shocking that this would ever be an yeah. option to ask people overtly or very subtly to keep things quiet. I, it's been really eye opening for. But I mean, too, who cares? But my question is, and I, and I genuinely yeah. don't know the answer. Is are churches today gonna? Are we gonna be telling the same stories about churches today that the Beth Moores are telling about churches thirty years ago, right? Or because you're oh, saying today question. that y'all handle it differently, and that's what I think is true too. Was it? Is it a generation ago of churches that were not handling this as well, or is I, it still happening? I think really it's. I think it's still happening. I think it's still pervasive more than we think. I. I think back, uh, not about this, but about like let's say racial injustice. Go back to. 2007, 2006, in that era, I naively mm-hmm. kind of adv- said that uh, this generation's different. We're almost like post-racism. You know, white suburban kids grew up on right. hip-hop, and it's not like it was. 
right? right. And I naively, because yeah. I'm from my context, that was my observation, my thought. Yeah. I obviously was not reality. We have learned we are not a post-racism society, and it's as prevalent today as ever. And it's you know getting exposed. I think honestly, I think it's the same situation. Just because we go to churches where we're like are more you know yeah. uh, compassionate, progressive that that I, there's probably a lot of churches in America that still this would be something to pri- sweep it under the rug yeah. and protect the man of God and all that kind of Gosh. stuff. And, and I, I think it's happening. Yeah. I think part of the issue too, particularly within the church is like, you know, when, when these types of things happen, the, you know, some of these churches, unfortunately almost have like this financial incentive to try to keep it quiet because they don't want to yeah. risk what they view as losing yeah. their credibility yeah, or, yeah. you know, um, uh, you know, the livelihood of people in leadership. Obviously, that's the wrong attitude to take. But I think that's why we've seen it so much is that they're like, well, if we cover it up and try to handle it, however, we're going to handle it, but not let it get exposed. We're not going to risk losing everything that they've built when in reality, you know, that th- that shouldn't be an option. It's like what, you know, Beth Moore in that sermon talks about, you know, listen, it's not a choice. Call the police. Like, you, you know, this, this for criminal actions has to be treated like it's, you know, get law enforcement involved. Like it shouldn't be an option to try to find ways to hide it. So to protect the credit, the quote unquote credibility of a church. And lastly, in case you missed it, the Olympics are going on. And now for the Olympic update report, Eddie. I'd like to tell you, first of all, that your excuses are unacceptable. It is every, <laughs> having no television. Every two years we come together as a nation. Oh. You need to stop this process. Okay. Find a Wi-Fi access point at a Starbucks okay. or at your job and open up the NBC Olympics no. app. All right. Oh, no. gosh. And there is no pressure. We do not have to watch the Olympics. You do have to watch. If you're an American and you care about America and justice nope. and the nope. world... I guess nope, that's my Olympic wrong. update then. If you care about America, keep watching. Um, there have been some incredible... inspiring stories happen? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, there have been a couple. Um, well, first of all, I, there's been a lot of figure skating this first week, okay. which is wildly boring. Okay. Um, yeah. And as if it can't get any worse, then somewhere around the 930, they stop jumping and they call it ice dancing. Uh, <gasps> now, this is when it gets fun. Because there's couples ice dancing, and every once in a while, one of the two will fall. And there was a great fall yesterday where they're ice dancing together. Mm-hmm. So it's the guy and the girl. He falls and just slides. And he's yeah. just like, boing, like off. And he's like bouncing <laughs> off the wall. Like, like bounce off the wall. But then she continues on the routine. because Did he catch up later? That's the best part is that he has to get up and run to her and then just immediately right. go into like a little dance. Um, <laughs> and so because it's like now it's the Samba section. Since they have like fear skating, they have ice dancing. Why not have yeah. one that's like the equivalent of like a belly flop competition where you just have. <laughs> to like go yeah. and huck yourself in the air spinning as fast <laughs> as you can and, and give no regard to how you're going to land. Like, um, you, you know, don't even try to land. I, again, that's something that I would watch. I, I think that's sounding entertaining. Hey, 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 you're getting coffee. Hey, uh, how, how'd you break your hand? I, you just deadpanned without explanation. Need to just say ice dancing and walk away. Yeah, like, that's one of the options. Yeah, ice dancing. Uh, or you could s- just say training for the Olympics and walk away. You know, I will say the high point though, both in terms of athletic performance and also just personality, is Chloe Kim. She's going to be the story of the Olympics. Chloe really? Kim, an American, seventeen years old, I think, half pipe snowboarder, and she won gold uh, earlier this week 
completely clearly dominated the field. But then also what's so just killer about her is that oh, she, you say killer because it's like half pie. She's snowboarding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What's yeah. so yeah. sick and raw she, about her. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, I'll say this, man. Her her double axle gainer grab uh, was, in yeah, the air yeah. was fat. It was Bad. the fattest trick I've ever seen. <laughs> Very fat. PH. She is also all of 17 years old. And so what's funny is that she's tweeting. She'll tweet like something very like innocent, like, I only ate half my breakfast sandwich this morning. I should have eaten the other half. I'm hungry. And people are looking at her tweet and then watching and seeing it live. And you're like, hey, you just tweeted that like 20 seconds before your Olympic run because she's just a 17-year-old right. kid who's pretty chill about the whole thing. And then uh, I won. love it. So she's awesome. Chloe... Uh, yes, Chloe Kim. She's going to be the name from the Olympics. Cool. That's my Olympic update. The uh, the other cool thing. Did you guys see the synchronized drones in the opening ceremony? I knew you were going to bring that up. No. The only non-Olympic thing about the Olympics. It was the coolest thing in the Olympics so far. Like, yeah. <laughs> you ever seen like a, a, what do they call it when they have like a, a big like flock of birds flying in the sky and they make shapes and stuff? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. A big hey. flock of birds flying in the sky. No, there you go. No, no, no. It's a, 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 uh, what's it called when there's a whole bunch of birds? A gaggle. Yeah, it's a gaggle. When there's a gaggle doing cool shapes. They did that with drones. So they had like 1,200 drones that had lights on them. And they, they synchronized them. And they made like a, a like snowboarder dude out of individual drones. And he's like doing jumps and stuff. Eddie, was that not the cool? You didn't think that was cool? It I think was it cool stole the show. It, it was better than the Olympics. Like yeah. I would watch. I'd rather watch burn. that every night. <laughs> burn yes. in the Olympics. It, w- it was awesome. But the same company that did that did it at Disney. So for Disney people, it's wrecked because oh, I was like, okay. oh, I know exactly. Well, they doing the Lady Gaga the Super Bowl last year too. I'm happened. sure they did. Yeah, but it was very. Did cool. they do it with 1,200 drones? So I'm going to be with Jesse on that. That is amazing. No, it yeah, broke a record. It was pretty. It was pretty nuts to see. I mean, not- I'm also enjoying. I'll tell you, the only thing I have seen is Tara Lipinski and Johnny Weir oh. and, and their silly outfits. I just adore them. It looks like Hunger Games there's, has taken over ice skating. They are also really, really fiery, and there's no way they're going to make it to the end of the Olympics without getting in trouble because they are constantly just going like, "Yeah, that was terrible. That was absolutely <laughs> as bad an ice skating." They have no tact, which is super fun to watch, but they're not going to get out of this unscathed. They yeah. are wild. I love them. So back to the too. drone. I had an experience with the drone the other day. Okay. I was sitting on my back porch, so we're moving in. Yes. Okay, I'm moving in. It's about seven, eight o'clock at night. The movers yeah. are moving. Yeah. I go take a break on the back porch for a minute. Mm-hmm. I hear the whir of a drone oh, yeah. ab- above the house. You know, it's just kind of flying around. Sentences my grandparents would never understand. Okay, so, I heard the whir of a drone. So <laughs> it's, you know, one of my neighbors has a drone. And, uh, and, and all of a sudden it flies uh, within my eyesight, which would be, you know, uh, you know, in front of me in the backyard, right? Yeah. And, and it's up there probably about, you know, 100 feet in the air. And all of a sudden, you know, and I see the red and blue or red and green light on oh, it. Yeah. And it starts to come down, come down, come down, come down. And it comes down to about 10 feet and it's looking at me. That's not true. <gasps> it was like a neighbor checking out like who's moving in. And he yes. was like flying his drone around to like to, to watch. Yeah. And he comes down and he sees me in the back porch and he, and he just, I don't know who did it. I just had a drone watching that me for about, so weird. For about a minute so and then it went away. You yeah. have a little pellet gun yeah. sitting on the back porch ready. Yeah. 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 Man, this new neighborhood you moved into is whack-a-doodle. Total yeah. whack-a-doodle. What kind of weird passive-aggressive move is that? Like, Isn't that weird? Just come, no, like, like in the old days, like they come over to the plate of cookies. Hey, welcome to the neighborhood. Now I'm just yeah. sitting a drone five feet from your face right. to, to scope right. you out in the privacy <laughs> of your backyard. <laughs> Or at least they could have delivered drone cookies, right? Like right. if they don't want to be personal, it's at least it's like, all right, scope the place out, but also 
drop off a little six pack of cookies, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. If Man. you want to meet the neighbor, you know, keep a net by, stand by, yeah. or train Cohen. <laughs> like you and Cohen need like silent signals. So like when the drone comes, you distract him by, you know, gesturing wildly at the drone. <laughs> and then Cohen comes up behind him with like a big net and like scoops it up. And yeah. then you, you say, hey, if you want your drone back, come and introduce yourself like a normal human being. Don't come spy on me with robots. I'm thinking Pelagon, man. I'm thinking, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if this has ever puppet. been a dream of yours, Cameron, but this might be the chance to learn to lasso. You could Ooh. lasso it. I think that's kind of interesting. True story, real quick before we move forward. True story. I was volunteering at a uh, kindergarten class the other day. Uh, two or three drones came and started to like come down and attack the children. I had to fight them off. Broke my hand. <laughs> that's how it happened. Cameron, you should get your own drone and follow the other drone, and then you can get a sweet oh, that's drone. Right. Oh, oh, that's right. Do, I do have a drone, and but it was packed. You do. It was packed, but yeah. yeah. Oh man, you Cohen shouldn't. has like little toy small drones, so we could have a little fleet of drones go and yeah. like bully the other drone. I feel like and like do your own Olympic opening ceremonies. Cohen could definitely, if you just put him on this project and said, "Hey." neutralize that drone the next time <laughs> he would have a very clear series of steps in his mind already ready. So well at my like old house a uh, yeah. long time podcast listeners know my rivalry was with the high school middle school kids who would make out in the in the park across the street from yeah, my house right over the years i i would you know flicker oh, yeah. my lights flash shine the flashlights on you know the whole thing i i there was one night where i had one of those water balloon launchers and a couple of friends so we went to my backyard and launched water balloons over my house into the city park to scare away the the kids who were making out uh, after hours you know it was after the park was closed now i have a new rivalry the guy with the drone i can All just right. like now i can now he and i have issues yeah i can uh, i can water balloon launch to the drone but you know what's going to be funny you're going to have he's going to come over and play a cool and but you'll know he's the drone guy. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like, hey, yeah, I mean, y'all what? are assuming it's a dude. What uh, if it's not? Hmm. Well, I don't even know how uh, to handle that. You're you're right. <laughs> uh, that was reverse discrimination. I just assumed. Well, this is a dumb thing. A guy definitely did this. <laughs> <laughs> this is dumb. This is dumb and creepy. Probably. A I'm guy. just thinking. Yeah. What if there's a really tech savvy grandma? Really tech savvy. You think a lot of grandparents are that tech savvy? I don't know. I've never been to Orlando and neighborhood wise. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I'm just saying it could be a woman. Yeah. Cameron, you, your, your sweet grandmother delivering you your breakfast sandwich via drone. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for in case you missed it. Stay tuned. Up next. Slices. listening to the radio department the song is your true name at the beginning of the podcast you heard younger with no e just younger younger <laughs> with the song remember what's special about that song chandler uh it's a sample of a michael mcdonald my favorite up. song of all time <laughs> there you go keep forgetting well this week's episode is brought to you by squarespace whether you need a landing page a beautiful gallery a professional blog or an online store it's all included with your Squarespace website. Building a site with Squarespace is simple, intuitive, and easy. You can add and arrange your content and features with a click of a mouse. You also get a free custom domain if you uh, sign up for Squarespace for a year. 
They have beautiful templates, best-in-class online stores, and customizable settings, all without a single plugin. Their commerce tools are, are powerful. Yes. I, they do the invoicing, and they have all the... It, the whole experience is great. The whole to-do. The whole to-do. And Squarespace's customer support is unparalleled. Right now, Squarespace is uh, offering relevant podcast listeners a special deal. You can start your free trial today at squarespace.com, and then enter offer code RELEVANT to get 10% off your first purchase. Uh, that's a great deal. Squarespace, set your website apart. Okay, it's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right. Well, you know, kids these days, you, you, you can't you can't trust what they're doing. You can't trust what they're getting into on the internet. You know, they're taking yeah, all these challenges and they're listening getting, to the Beatles. Yeah, listening to that rock and roll music with that Elvis with his gyrating hips. I, you know, they're out there uh, not going to youth group, hanging out in their Letterman jackets. You know, yeah. uh, no. So there's, you know, there there's some of those challenges that are that you see on YouTube and online, like the Tide Pod Challenge, where they're really dangerous and stupid. Where yeah. kids, Super into that. Yeah, where where kids are were eating Tide laundry detergent uh, pods to 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 get YouTube views. Well, there's a new challenge going around, uh, and it's it's gone viral and it's on YouTube and this is one I fully support and endorse and will probably take part in. It's called either the IKEA challenge or the 24 hour fort challenge and how it got uh, raised to national attention is in the UK an 11 year old kid went missing his parents were freaking out obviously um, hmm. and police were looking for him. He emerged the next day 24 hours later from a local IKEA where he had built a fort and stayed overnight undetected. Uh, it, it turns out his parents found out that he he learned about doing this after watching YouTube videos where there is like a whole culture of kids that will film themselves sleeping in an Ikea undetected overnight. I think that, you know, I think that's awesome. Oh, it's totally awesome. It's totally harmless. And guess guess who the 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 fun police in this case they're the actual police are now getting involved. <laughs> As is often the case, they are actually police officers. Uh, they released a statement to many young. <laughs> this is an actual. This is an actual statement from the police to many young people. This internet craze may seem like a bit of fun that is impressed on social media. However, the risk and harm that could be caused are by no means humorous and could be catastrophic. What catastrophic thing is going to happen by staying in IKEA overnight? Like I. What? Yeah, exactly. You are you're gonna gorge yourself on meatballs. This is harmless fun. IKEA should be embracing this. They should be doing like sleepovers or something. They should be encouraging this. This is getting there. Yeah, this is showing how fun their furniture is. Don't 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 ruin everybody's fun. I think it's I think it's hilarious and it's harmless. I can, I don't think I can legally or technically endorse it uh, or and go against what the police say. Jesse, this is no, this is no different than we brought the thing a couple years ago. That couple that was living in the attic of the Walmart for for like. <laughs> years. Like, like they were going down in the, in the nights and they were getting the food, the furniture, they had TV hooked up up there. That's this even no more impressive. But, you know, because this is just one night. This is no big deal. What you're talking about, Cameron, yeah, it's actually people who had carved somehow undetected had crawled into the, like the ceilings or like a nook of the warehouse of a Walmart and were just living there. Just rent free in a little room. I For think like it's fantastic. A couple of years. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah I mean, I mean, I I mean look, it. it's, it's not costing Walmart anything. It's not costing Ikea anything. Eddie, do you <laughs> think you could make it undetected in Ikea all, all night? I am certain that I could. Absolutely I could, certain. I, I could easily. Yeah. No problem. 
for a night. Really? I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know if I could build a little life there, but I could easily go there's a couple a grocery days. store. I mean, there's, so I mean, is, th- is there not like sensors in the house? Yeah. But haven't the, you seen that house? movie with what's her name with uh, Catherine Zeta Jones? Yeah. That's my life. Eddie, Eddie is just dancing through the lasers. He just gets baby powder out, throws it up in the air, and dances yeah. his way to the meatballs, and then I dances on, his way back. I put on my old wrestling outfit so that I stay... I, stay, I put on my wrestling outfit so I stay streamlined, and I just right. make my way yeah. through it. Slices to his black leotard. You yeah. Know, and, right. and, just, and just, you know, rhythmically uh, uh, flexes his way through the laser field. But uh, even right. if they did have motion detectors, I still think you could stay low to the ground enough and get through the little sidewalls that you would, you would have no problem staying it's undetected. It's that last hour where they're cleaning up and everybody's like all the employees are leaving and they're getting everything. That's when you that's when you got to be shifty. After that, you're probably right. If there's no sensors, you're money till the morning. I well, think that's the easiest part. I think you just hide. I think that's the part where you're just straight up hiding underneath a bed for an hour. Yeah, I, I want to. I'm curious of <laughs> those IKEA beds are pretty low, though. Those platform beds. Yeah, usually they have storage <laughs> under there too. Yeah, so well, like, well, the, the, that's why the kids on YouTube show you how to make like a fort out of the, like undetected. Like uh, you know, you're looking secrets. in like the uh-huh. bunk bed but, section, but not. But the IKEA police can now know the secrets, and they just look right, for that type of figure. Yeah. Well, that makes it all the more fun. You know, like it's it's a little cat and mouse game. I wanted to see one night is not impressive to me at yeah. all. No. Living move in a Walmart in. is very impressive. And, yeah, I, move and in. I and I applaud those people and I tip my hat to them. I think yeah. they were also cooking meth back there. I don't approve of that. <laughs> no, they, they were. <laughs> it's that assumed was, that they were. Well, yeah. that was the problem. There's, they were cooking meth yeah. Up, yeah. upstairs. So obviously yeah. I don't <laughs> approve that aspect of that it. That was the problem. I like that camera. You're like, here was the problem. Yeah. They were cooking they meth. Were. Not that they were stealing from <laughs> Walmart. Not that they were breaking and entering Every there. single night, multiple times. Well, I mean, a it's kind of could this be a, a cure for homelessness? You just <laughs> no. open up the WalMarts and the IKEAs overnight. I like know that the answer is a strong no, but I don't know why. <laughs> right. Fully. Thank you. Here, here's the, here's the logic. What are they saying? Uh, church buildings, these massive church buildings. Yeah. The most unused real estate, six days a week. Okay, now that yeah. I can get behind. Okay, but I'm saying it's the same logic about the overnights with the IKEAs. You've got all these furnished mm. places for people to rest. Why can't we just invite people in who need a place to stay? I still know how wrong you are without being able to prove it, which <laughs> makes me feel like I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. here, here's an idea that like, I feel like for since the Nickelback Challenge, we've been like up in the ante on this thing every year. Oh, you know? Nickelback Challenge. And I've had to do nothing illegal. And I'm just, I'm just throwing this out there. I don't had want to, to do, do nothing this. illegal. I don't says. want to do this and I don't plan on doing it, but I'm just saying it, it, if someone were to do this challenge, I would find it amusing. What they would have to do is they would have to Jesse go wants to do it. He wants to do it. You don't lead with sentences like that. I yeah. don't want to do this. Don't everybody. make, don't make no, me raise I, money I for charity. I'm just saying if someone <laughs> did this and I would follow us on social media. So what they would have to do, and I think they could become a viral sensation is enter in. They would have to turn the geolocating off on their phone, right? Like, um, so when they're making updates from social media, it doesn't show their, their location. That'd be critical. Like that? make sure it's not in the metadata or whatever. They post a picture of themselves or, or whatever, FaceTime or, you know, do an Insta story, however they want to do it. And of walking into an Ikea and they document how many days they can make it without leaving the Ikea. I would say I mean, we've got the guy for this. Daz will do it. <gasps> oh, I, well, we can't make well, him do something illegal. <laughs> well, he has to. It's his job. I is it illegal? You can. Yes, is it a crime? Passing. 
Yes, uh, it's trespassing. If it's okay. if, unless, it, unless we get the okay from IKEA. Now then there's no, no yeah. there's no adventure yeah, in that. That's yeah. true. I mean one night. But here here okay. No, well I'm not saying oh I'm not saying one night. I'm saying as long as they can. I, I would say over under a week. I th- you know, if you were to ask me, I think a oh, yeah, determined adult with with some savvy could easily make it over a week in an Ikea undetected if they really put their mind to it. I like it. Okay. <laughs> what do you have, Amy? I got, I got a lot of junk on Twitter about making jokes about the Ikea founder dying. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, I, I, I did. Yeah, I don't normally bring my own Twitter stuff, but there was a lot of pushback on that. I was disturbed. What did you say? I, what was your joke, Eddie? I don't want to I don't want to reread my own tweets. He, he, you know, he said that they me. carried him in a, in a coffin and he put the dots over the O and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, he, like, yeah. yeah his, his, his funeral. Okay, now I'll do it because it is pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, the <laughs> funeral will be held in, you know, Aisle thirteen, bin four. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like he did it the day the guy died. Yeah, I mean, it was that's the way it's funny. Yeah, I did one when uh, the dad from Frasier died. Yeah, it was it was thirty seconds. I already knew my joke, and I which tweeted. was oh my God. I, it's not going to work if I say it out loud. Okay. But it was absolutely tasteless, <laughs> even for it. me. <laughs> I did. Yeah, I thought it was really funny, and then I broke. Do my you hand. have one lined so. up for all of us? When we pass? Oh, yeah. I do. <laughs> okay, good. Just checking. <laughs> All right. Uh, what do you have, Annie? Okay, well, listen. After I, I took a little bit of heat on the internet this week you from did. the ladies you about did. Galentine's Day. Yeah, was Jen a- Hatmaker and Annie F. Downs got all the heat this week. <laughs> Lightning listen. rods. Yeah. Yeah. Say it, saying what's true, and even if you don't agree with it. So today I thought I would bring, since it's Valentine's week, I thought I would bring a really sweet romantic story because I like it. And it also is funny. So there's a guy named Ron Kramer in 1979. He met his wife the Ron. week, the month before. Huh? I just saying Ron. I'm sorry. Ron. I just like Ron. Ron. The month before Valentine's Day, he meets his wife well. and they fall in love. And she says she wants chocolates for Valentine's Day, which is very typical, as you all know. So he goes and buys these specific chocolates from buffets, buffets. I don't know. I, I would buffets. guess buffets, but yeah, he just, okay. You said that with confidence. You have no idea. Buffets isn't a word. Yeah. Just Jimmy. But but Warren. but but if you eat at a buffet, it's spelled the exact same way. We we've, we've really unlocked a real time space uh, continuum here. Might be yeah. worth just moving forward. Buffets. So either way, he got a box of chocolates, <laughs> and the people in 1979 told him, "If you will bring this back next year, we will refill it for free." And for 39 years, he has given her <laughs> chocolate in the same box. He just keeps taking the box back. Genius. No way. Yeah. And that brilliant. Yes. He just keeps saying, and it's really sweet because now she has dementia and doesn't remember very much, but she remembers the box of chocolates every year. But it is, I mean, the picture of it, the box is literally the exact same box from 1979. And I think that is so sweet and hilarious because what else are you going to take back to the store for 40 years and they're just going to replenish it? I mean, that is Chick-fil-A as Christian as they are will not do that. You cannot just keep taking your cups back and getting refilled. I, I love it because everyone's making this guy out to be like this true romantic who's been doing this gesture for uh, four decades. When in reality, right. he's the laziest and smartest dude. Ever. <laughs> like, cheapest too. Cheap. Yeah. He's very yeah. He's, yeah. He's cheap. And he's like, he doesn't have a pressure that a lot of other husbands do. Like, Oh, what am I going to get her for Valentine's this year? He's like, I wonder if they'll take this box back again. It's been 37 <laughs> years. I wonder if I can get a couple more years out of this thing. I mean, it's the, per- it, it's, it's the perfect thing because like I said, it, 
it takes so much pressure off of him. And everyone thinks he's like this great dude. Well, really, he's probably a worse dude than a lot of other people who get their lives super lazy and cheap. Day. He it's thoughtless. He doesn't even. He just has this empty box, and he's like, I'll get chocolate again. No, no, no. At forty years, it's sweet. I'm with you that at like year nine. Yeah, I got you. Year nine, year twenty, year two. A, I mean, it's like he went through a lot of years of being inconsiderate. Yeah, before yes, all of a sudden it transitioned to, settle, to like, yep. oh, this is a thing. I'm impressed yeah. at yep. how well the box is made that it lasted for. That's 40 some years. good box manufacturing yeah, right that's, there. That's yeah, a buffer company. Right. <laughs> Warren, yeah. he, he loves it. He makes they a, are so a quality good. box. It's an unbelievable Jimmy box. Jimmy makes a great it's, box. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. good. All right, what do you have, Eddie? You totally redeemed yourself, Annie. Oh, from the Galentines? Sheesh, I hope so. What was the deal Still with the Galentines? Yeah, real pushback. quick, real quick. Clear the air here, Annie. Oh, I mean, I just got a lot of pushback that, for starters, apparently Galentine's Day is February 13th. Apparently, it's a very enjoyable holiday that has literally nothing to do with your singleness, except that you are single. And uh, it is apparently a great time. And the women wanted me to know that I had misstepped about hmm. Galentine's Day. Can I share with the can I share with the audience what you shared with me privately about your feelings about this? That I broke my hand? No. Okay. No, that was just hurtful and I'm going to move forward with my slice. <laughs> no, say, say, no, keep going with your joke. Go ahead. No, it's just how, just how angry you were at everybody that responded and how you don't even respect them and how they're wrong and yeah, how they yeah, can yeah. shut their mouths. I think everyone knows me well enough to know that I responded with anger. <laughs> you, you don't even want them to buy them to buy your books anymore. That's what you yeah. said. Right. Yeah, buy 99 Days to Brave and watch your whole life fall apart. <laughs> what do you have, Eddie? Well, I w- I've wanted to talk about this for a while, so I'm kind of shoehorning a slice into something I've been just thinking about, and I would be uh, curious. Why you, you think. shouldn't Could- punch floors. <laughs> <laughs> be quiet. Um, okay, so Travis McGinn, a young man, had a really weird job at Facebook, and he has since left the job. But he had here's what he was hired for. So he started doing like analytics and stuff at Google and he interviewed with Facebook about getting a it was sort of a nondescript uh, marketing research job. And he finally gets into the marketing research job and it turns out that he was giving a given a monstrous budget. He didn't give a number, but he was offered a huge budget and a huge amount of money to do research on the public perception of Mark Zuckerberg and Sheryl Sandberg. Right. So his entire job was to do research and studies and cue social media all around the world to basically see how people felt about Mark Zuckerberg and Sheryl Sandberg. And they said that they would have um, like basically emergency moments where they would know Mark is about to live Facebook live something from a birthday party. We want to judge reaction around the planet and they would have like within Facebook, like go teams that would be judging reaction from all around the world to see how it is that they're perceiving Mark. And is this helpful and what can they change for the next time? There's this whole long article that gets into it. And so that's basically the slice. He ended up leaving the company and the whole story is like essentially pointing to the fact that, there is the point that they're trying to make is that there is nothing natural or real that we see on Facebook. It is all this fully curated environment that feels like an organic thing that your friends are posting, but really you're being played 
And I just, I've like been thinking about this a lot and I'm curious how you all, because everybody here is wise and also Chandler, you can speak into it as well. <laughs> but like there's um, Chandler Burn. Oh, burn, Chandler Burn. Happy birthday to me. That was my gift to myself. Um, but no, I'm I think curious, you're weird. Well, that, you gift yourself on your right hand, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> that in the spray tan, that's right, that's right. But like, I, so sometimes like I hear my grandfather or I heard my grandfather, he's not alive anymore. Thanks for bringing it up. No. But he would talk about <laughs> how there was one guy on his boat in in World War II that stopped smoking because they heard it was dangerous and that they all kind of knew there was something wrong with this, but they didn't really know. And it didn't come out till years later. And I, <laughs> I, this might be a poor, that might be a poor comparison, but sometimes I feel that way about like Facebook. Are we all being super played here? And we don't know it because it just feels fine, but really our entire wrong to get lung cancer is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. exactly what I'm saying. But uh, it's interesting. But, but generally, like, is this is this this beast that we're that's just right in front of us that we're interacting with, and we don't even really know it because more and more of these stories come out, and you realize it's all completely uh, like a. Not, I don't know. It's not that it's not real, but it's all curated. It's all being curated yeah. for you. It's yeah. all an algorithm. They know what you're going to see. They know how you're perceiving even the m- most minute detail, like. How are you perceiving their, you know, Mark Zuckerberg? I was just curious. Do you guys feel this way or am I just being crazy and moving in conspiracy theory world? I think that'll be the death of social media, to be honest with you. Yeah. I think Tell people, well, no, just I, I mean, I even see on Instagram people posting, you know, posts of like make Instagram chronological again. You know, it's just like what people loved about it was the, the well, like said, go back to Instagram or Twitter mm-hmm. when it was like, a chronological feed. It was fairly unfiltered. It yeah. was just the people. It's like now, an RSS feed. Now just, I'm seeing like Instagram posts from yesterday before I see posts from 10 minutes ago yeah. and yeah. like, or, or vice versa. And it's like, wait, this is not organic anymore. This is right. cultivated, it's, curated. It, it's uh, adjusted. Poorly done. Yeah, poorly done. It's, it's, it's like, I think that's going to lose, uh, people are going to lose their taste for it. I, I personally, I haven't, you know, people go on like social media fast and something. I haven't made any stand or decision about it. I have just realized that over the last few months, I haven't posted or gone on social media very much. And mm-hmm. I mean, I just saying a lot for you because you used to do that. a lot. I used to do that a lot. And now I'm just like, I'm not like hiding anything. It's just like, I'm just, I haven't, yeah, I, I think done. I posted something on new year's for the, for like on Facebook. Oh, yeah. I mean, that yeah. was the last time I, I don't yeah, know. I, I do just, not hang out in Facebook. That is not where you're going to catch me for that exact reason. Cause it just doesn't feel real and it feels angry and so i'm like no 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 i'll hang out with my people on twitter and instagram it feels yeah. angry yeah facebook just always feels angry to me like people well, have strong opinions and well get out of here well the, the the other thing too <laughs> that i think is kind of the concerning and kind of ironic part about the story it's like the whole job of facebook is like they try to foster community you know they, they it's a, it's a place for friends right that's their, that was their slogan for a while like a place where you can go and have conversations and connect with people but like it, it it shows that like at the very top that you know one of the anecdotes from the story was literally Mark Zuckerberg had a barbecue and was and was you know live streaming it right but they had they had this guy try to determine well do people like this do they think it's cool like they they they've hmm. lost so much touch or suggest that they've lost so much touch with how people actually interact that you know, that they can't even make like a barbecue seem like a natural thing. How are they supposed to be the ones that figure out how to foster relationships digitally if they if they have a tough time getting them like in person to translate? Like I was listening to this podcast the other day and they're talking like it was a comedian was on and he was talking about how he ended up going to this other kind of 
relatively well-known celebrities house who had done a movie with Tom Cruise and they invited Tom Cruise to come to the Super Bowl party, not thinking he would come. He accepted the uh-huh. invitation and he came and Tom Cruise is like in a weird elite level of famous people, you know, and yeah. he's been there yeah. and kind of like isolated. And he said he showed up to the, the party with an unopened, like, like what was clearly a brand new football and a rat was walking around the Super Bowl party, like tossing the football people and was acting <laughs> like a human. How like someone who does has doesn't interact with normal people on a regular basis thinks that a normal person should act at a Super Bowl party. It's, it's like straight right. up from the room. That's yeah, so funny. And, and it's like and it's like to, to to a degree that's where Mark Zuckerberg and face, like Mark Zuckerberg exists in his own real isolated reality. I mean, good for he's one of those rich power richest powerful people on the planet. Like it, he doesn't yeah. just go. He's not the type of person that just goes to the coffee shop and just kind of shoots the breeze with people. But yet he's creating a product that the whole thing is supposed to foster these natural inter- interactions digitally and I think that's part of why it's losing touch is because the people at the top have lost touch with what normal social action interactions even are supposed to look like you know yeah yeah I had a weird experience in the Austin airport this week when we landed Eddie this is kind of along those same lines yeah. because when we were waiting on our baggage my phone was in my purse because I was listening to a podcast so I didn't I wasn't holding it and when I looked across the conveyor belt everyone's head was down and their face was glowing and they were looking at their phones, mm-hmm. right? I was no better off because I was listening to my phone. It just wasn't in my hand. And I thought, oh man, what has culture done to us that we can't, that we, that is what it looks like when we're all standing somewhere is everyone is just looking down. Yeah. But isn't that it's weird crazy. about like sometimes traveling internationally? Like I've been places where that's just not the culture and it yeah. feels jarring in the opposite way. It's like, oh, look at, Look at us. We're all just standing in a line right now. I You're guess right. we're just bored. That's what is this feeling? Yeah. Oh, it's just normal. Is that? I, have to I literally have had this conversation with my kid, yeah. like in the backseat, you know, hey, dad, can I have your phone? And I'm like, nope. And he'll go, I mean, like, yeah. now he knows, like, don't even bother asking. Right. Because, like, <laughs> we, I had to tell him about it nine months ago. Kids are supposed to be bored in the car. Yeah. Like, yeah. look yeah. out the window and think about the clouds and the right. sky, and that's when your imagination that's is That's what formed. makes you want to drive and leave the house someday. Like, right. you got to just be bored yeah. for yeah. it. Yeah. Literally. I always tell mine the same thing. No, because I'm using it right now, and I know I'm driving, <laughs> but I had never made it to this level before, and I'm going to get through yeah. I can watch the road and do this game. To just Everyone be quiet, please. I need to concentrate. Yeah. I'm doing two things at once. I just get nervous a little bit about the larger piece of it, and it, it is not just like a technology addiction, but it is the the really like the the amount of control that i feel yeah. like they're having over my yeah. dopamine over my 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 reality <laughs> over my over and I, and I realize i have a choice to disengage from this but at the same time like you kind of do but also you kind of don't because i don't i what are you going to do people sent use messenger like a phone i don't remember the last time i got a phone call it's just it's all different all the different messengers it's you know, how are we going to talk about a podcast? How are we going to talk about a thing you wrote? Like, this is just the world that basically all of us live in. And I, yeah, there's something, there's something just in, just increasingly creepy to me when I hear about stories like this guy's job where I'm like, I think someday we're going to be on the other side of this and realize we were being played a, like, this is way more dangerous or maybe, maybe I'm just drinking the Kool-Aid of it's dangerous and it's actually just, but, an but, but does it also make you think that maybe it's not as like, 
intentionally nefarious that like the people that organize these algorithms and try to figure out, try to determine how user interface design um, affects how we communicate with each other that to, to a degree, like they are just as clueless as everyone else. Like they don't have some sinister motive. They want to create a product that's going to keep people engaged and using them so they can sell more ads. And yeah. the, the, the results might be, uh, nefarious, but th- they didn't set out to do something evil. I mean, yeah, I think they're when, just marketing. Yeah, yeah. I think when I hear stories yeah, like this, like, I think well, you're maybe right, they, Jesse. yeah, they they just aren't as they, they aren't these evil geniuses. They're just you know they're as clueless as like a lot of us are. We don't know the effects no. of this stuff. You know, no, I don't think it's evil genius. I think there is a single factor, and that is get us to engage with advertising with the money making piece of this so if we perceive Mark Zuckerberg in a positive light we perceive Facebook in a positive light we are more apt to go we are more apt to see advertisements like this and the thing of like well if people don't like how they change the algorithm or it starts to feel wrong we don't go as much Mm -hmm. guess what it's gonna change because we wanted they want us to feel good and come back and see the ads and we've been played by that way before apps I mean there there's billboards and advertisements and there's always been an advertising component to trying to get humans to interact. So we're never yeah. going to be able to outpace that. I just think this is a like this is a really good one. It's there's different mm-hmm. than just the perfect Volkswagen ad in in Life magazine. It's yeah. different than that. It's much more it's just more tailored. It's more it's just a strange it's strange. I, I feel like I'm being played. I know I am, but whatever. <laughs> Hit me up on Facebook if you want to talk about it more. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for Slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Social Club Misfits joins us. Wow. Hit from underground to a sold-out crowd. The fans could never say that we're selling out. Never compromise or take the safest route. You can't duplicate the sound. I got to figure out. Uh, still making hits on GarageBand. They said I went and last with this God thing. Yeah, I guess that's what happens when you see me on stage, homie. That's not practice, dog. Running circles round them in my sleep. Your bars out here looking kinda weak right now. Man, it ain't my fault, don't look at me. But I'ma have to ask your boys to leave right now. One of a kind, one of a kind, oh yeah. One of a kind, what do you like? Oh yeah. yeah. Um, You're listening to our next guest, Social Club Misfits. The song is The One of a Kind One. Social Club Misfits is a hip-hop duo from Miami comprised of rappers Fern and Marty. They combine Latin influences with trap beats and lyrics that explore faith and their own personal stories. They just dropped their brand new album. It's called Into the Night. They release music efficiently, don't they? Yeah. yeah the last one came out about 10 months ago, a year yeah. ago. Yeah. They're like on it. Well they're, well, they're kind of riding a wave right now. They're on the upswing a lot and they're like, hit, hit it while it's hot and they're coming out with a new album. Well, yeah, but that's harder said than done. It's not just like, hey, we want to release an album. It's like, hey, we're able to continue to yeah. make great music. Yeah. And they yeah. toured the other one extensively. Yeah. I mean, that was the thing. They, yeah. They kind of... Their, their fan base swelled a lot after that last album. So they, they're hitting while, striking while it's hot. Good, for Good them. on them. We recently sat down with Fern and Marty to talk about the songs that have shaped them as people and influenced them as artists. Here is Social Club Misfits discussing the songs that changed their lives. remember like uh, being a senior in high school and like being at my boy Chad's house and we're listening to Notorious B.I.G. and Juicy and 
just kind of hearing what sampling was starting to sound like. Yeah. It was like the beginning of sampling and stuff and hearing a song being done over. Um, it kind of just like started something new in my mind. I was like, wow, you could get these classics classics and kind of revamp them and kind of rap on them and it's almost like you get to do the song um that was done years ago that you thought was cool and now you get to be on it but um i remember a song like juicy yeah like juicy it was all a dream by notorious big stuff like that would start to shape uh things that i was looking at in music and you know just them being so great and being so young at the time i was like wow this is something i possibly might want to do but i didn't even know it at the time just subconscious thinking that was being in my brain and and me looking back in hindsight, I'm like, that's what was happening. I'm blowing up like you thought I would. Call a crib, same number, same hood. It's all good. And if you don't know, now you know, you know, you know. One of the first CDs that I ever got as like a new Christian I had to be like 18 and it was at the time it was like an older CD but it was a band by the name of Earth Suit I think they're like math now and I remember Earth Suit that song I think it's called White Horse it really jumped out on me because I think at the time the music that people I mean we had one Christian bookstore where I lived in Miami and um, that one bookstore had like they had a poster on the wall and the poster said if you like uh, Eminem, you'll like this artist, or if you like Dr. Dre. And I remember I'm like, I'm like 17, 18. I just started going to church and I'm like, this is weird. And I'm like, I don't understand this. Like, why are they being replaced? And so I remember my buddy was like, you might like this. They're very creative and they're just like a fun band. And it's almost like I've never heard music like that before. Cause it was like a mix of like, like electronic with rock. And it was something very, very different, which, you know, now they're mute math. And I love Mute Math, and I just feel like they're they were just so creative at the time, and it's so different than what I guess the stereotype of what a Christian artist would sound like. You know what I'm saying? He was a New York City rapper out of Harlem. Um, definitely, like, I remember, like, the Dipset, they they totally took a culture by storm where they brought culture to a generation and kind of just, like, freaked everybody out. They were, like, fashion icons. They, their music was, like, sampling all these soul records. They were sounding so cool. He To me, he almost reinvented the English language. Like, he would, he would say stuff that people would think it was just so minimalistic. And when you really listen to it, you're like, yo, this guy's, like, trend-setting vocabulary right now. Um, and that was, like, really intriguing to me. And as well as their production choice um, was one of the main things that really made me want to start, you know, taking it serious on a professional level. Now that I got a girl, my ex wanna holler and spit. Told me to acknowledge her quick. She like Cam, stop frying on that Dave Hoster tip. Come over, let's smile and sip. I'm like mama and sick. I promise you thick. Usually I have a problem with chicks. They all say I'm right. Just even hearing songs like Deep Cover, or I mean, even for me, like listening to Nas and listening to. Um, um, New York State of Mind or, or listening to The World Is Yours, like there's something special because those, those there's no blueprint to what they did. Yeah. They got in the studio, 
and they made music that was true to themselves. Cruising down A Street, off-white Lexus, driving so slow, but BK is from Texas. Me, I'm out there Bed-Stuy, home of that boy Biggie. Now I live on Billboard, and I brought my boys with me. Say what up to Tata, still sipping my tie, sitting courtside, Nick's and Nets give me high five. I be spiked out, I could trip a referee, tell by my attitude that I most definitely from... Obviously, whenever I ask an artist this, I know it's always hard. It's like picking which, you know, kid you love best. But is there one song on Into the Night, like if you were to say, like, that people wanted, you wanted people to hear first to kind of give a taste of what the album is about, what song would it be and why? I think that for me personally, like, I think that really embodies who we are is the song Say Goodbye because it has, you know, we're having fun, uh, which is what we love to do with Social Club. Love to have fun. We love to have a message, which is in there. But we also like to kind of make fun of ourselves. And I just feel like that song really embodies who we are. You know, when people hear Say Goodbye, you know, I say a line, hey, you're supposed to be a Christian. But the line before that was just, you know, pile driving somebody. But at the same time, I'm like, I am, so mind your business. Like, do your own, like, don't worry about me. Like, I just think if someone heard us, they'd be like, wow, like the intro and Say Goodbye, those are two good examples of like what you're going to hear for the new album. I heard you talking crazy on the group text I guess every crew needs a Judas I wanna keep the peace like a Buddhist But if you cross the line, I'll put you into a suplex Hey, you're supposed to be a Christian I am, so mind your business Yeah, I'm trying to be the best me So if you see me racing home, it's cause I got someone to see That was Social Club Misfits You know, I'm surprised that their fifth one wasn't Matt Carney it would have been nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can feel the cold air when the night comes. Heaven's only wish for. I can feel the cold air when the night comes. Heaven's only wish for. You're listening to more, more. It's one word with no ease. So it's more, 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 more. more. Like Mordor nerds. Uh, the uh, the song is Heaven's Only Wishful. Oh, that's sad. I don't believe that. Well, this week's show is brought to you by Quip. I'm ready to talk about this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm dying to hear. Uh, when it comes to your health, brushing your teeth is one of the most important parts of your day. That's why Quip has combined dentistry and design to make a new electric toothbrush that packs just the right amount of vibrations into a slimmer design at a fraction of the cost of traditional electric brushes i use a quip yep. i use it every day yes love it it's it is way more subtle it's like well designed it looks like tesla made this it. is what i want to talk about because yeah. you were kind enough i gave me a quip two weeks ago yeah here is the game changer because it this is a quip okay. tip it's <laughs> it oh. is just like it's like a toothbrush head like a normal old school toothbrush head except it moves which i like because it's yeah. not like everything's rotating and it gets all gummed up and yeah. weird it's yeah. like clean but here's the real micro vibrations almost. micro vibrations yeah. here's the real magic part of it yeah it is this beautifully slim thing and it has a little suction cup and it yep. goes on on the mirror so it's away from all of the hand splashing and the grossness of the <laughs> yep. bathroom it is just not because normally how we have, high on the mirror do you have it eddie 15 feet. It is. You got to get a, on a ladder. You got to walk through one of those barriers like on ET where they got to stay out of the like, way of Elliot because he's going to get everybody sick. You got to get through that. Then you can reach the toothbrush and bring For it down. For people not from the 80s, we instead yeah, of ET, we can was. say scandal because in scandal, there's a room they walk into like that just uh, to be or clear. Or Dexter. There you go. 
Yep. Uh, it's it's phenomenal and really well designed and works really well. Yeah. And Quib's subscription plan refreshes your brush on a dentist recommended schedule every three months. This you get a new like one it. for just five bucks, including free shipping worldwide. Because here's the thing about that. Yeah. You think because I love this idea because you think, okay, I'm gonna this is this I literally is, looked at my brush going, when was the last time I changed my brush? Right. And you're yeah, like, yeah. oh, this is the year. This is the year I'm gonna change it every three months. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, this I got this the, the head of this toothbrush yep. when you know, when I was with my roommate in college. So this, <laughs> this thing is old. Well, that's why Quip was named one of Time Magazine's best inventions of the year. Find out for yourself. Quip starts at just 25 bucks, And if you go to getquip.com slash relevant right now, you'll get your first refill pack for free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash relevant. That's spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P.com slash relevant. Amina Brown is a speaker who actually just spoke at this uh, past weekend's If Gathering. Uh, oh, she's yeah. a spoken word poet and the author of the new book, How to Fix a Broken Record. The book explores how God can use brokenness, insecurities, and personal tragedies to actually help Christians grow closer to Him and find their callings. Here's part of our conversation with Amina Brown. The title is so interesting. Hey, tell me a little bit about the idea of incorporating the imagery of a broken record, because it's something that I feel like even 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 people, even kids in the digital era of music understand the concept of what, what a broken record sound and looks like. Why did you want to pull that imagery into the title? Well, I, full confession, am married to a DJ, so <laughs> there's just, <laughs> you know, there's vinyl all around here yeah. all the time yeah. anyway. And in general, I'm, I'm just a big music lover myself and have really loved returning to listening to vinyl and just the different way you interact with the music when you're listening to it on vinyl versus being able to like access music on my phone or, you know, I still have an old car, so I still listen to CDs in my car. <laughs> so um, I really, I really love the medium of the record and I thought it was an interesting time to be able to write a book using some of that metaphor because we are sort of watching this swirl of all of it you know we're watching obviously that we're all able to access music from our phones at any time but we're watching this resurgence of vinyl and I just thought that was a really interesting metaphor to want to explore you know there's this element of listening to records that's very different from any other way you listen to music that the needle can get stuck you know get dusty and start making that skipping noise and thinking about what is that noise also in our lives what are those sounds and messages and words that kind of keep us stuck too you know well kind of digging into that metaphor a little what are what causes people who may may otherwise be you know well adjusted and feel like they're spiritually healthy to become you know like the metaphor like broken in some way uh, uh, disconnected from um that kind of spiritual health that they once had i think to be honest even when we feel like we're super well adjusted we all have broken records in some area in some way we're all having the experience of even when things are going really well that we are always aware of our brokenness and i think i think a part of what was really cool for me writing this book and now that the book is out sharing this with the reader is that that's a part of the humanity we all share that no matter 
if we think about all the things that make us different, we think about all the ways that we're not similar, you know, all the things that we could say, even maybe in opposition, you know, we may be in opposition to each other in certain areas. That's one thing we can say is true about all of us that we all can look at our lives and say there's something broken there. And I think that is a part of what can help us to better connect to each other. Kind of on the other side of that coin, this, you know, because the brokenness is a com, obviously like a common thing among humanity. Everyone has flaws and, and things that, you know, they're insecure about or, or feel ashamed of. But a part of it, part of the challenge I feel like for Christians too, that can magnify that sometimes is like this misconception about the nature of God. And we have a tendency to make him almost like more judgmental than maybe he really is. Can you tell me a little bit about how misconceptions about God uh, plays into this sense of brokenness? I think when I was sitting down to think about, you know, what are the areas of my life where I have broken records? And I definitely think my perception of God is one of those areas. And sometimes my perception of God is wrong because of the ways that human beings have acted in the name of God. Sometimes my perception of God is wrong or broken because of broken relationships I've experienced, whether those were family or romantic relationships or whatever, you know, whatever those things are, how they, how they enter my life. I still come away from that experience, sometimes believing a thing about God that isn't true. So I do think a part of really the healing process is uh, being able to get to know God for who God actually is, for who Jesus actually is, and not just taking sort of the the press release, I guess, that we sometimes get from other people or that we sometimes contrive ourselves of, of who we imagine God to be. Because I, I do think sometimes I equate God to this mean voice that's in my head all the time, that God is the one going man, you messed up again. Wow. Really? No, don't come talk to me. I don't have anything to say to you. No, no, don't come talk to me until you fix that or until you get that together. But when I really learn more about the actual character of God, when I really learn more about the ways that Jesus loves, then I get a chance to stop that repeating of that broken record in my life that even when I am broken, even when I'm so messed up that I'm sure God doesn't want to talk to somebody like me, that God is actually like, I'm open. My arms are open all the time. I don't want you to fix yourself before you feel like you can come to me. But that does take some time, I think, for us to unlearn some of those you know, perceptions or, or really misperceptions that we have of God. For someone that is is dealing with that kind of a brokenness in their own life, maybe it's because of a past hurt, or maybe it's because of like a personal insecurity, or or, or you know whatever has caused it. What's the what what is your suggestion for seeking healing? Not because they feel like they have to necessarily be fixed to be loved by God, but because they know there's like a restorative power in God's healing some in fixing something that's broken. What's the best approach for that? Mm. <laughs> Uh, my first answer is therapy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's just, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I'm like you. You need you need sometimes you need a professional 
you need to sit down with a therapist and you know for many people depending on their upbringing or or their faith context that may sort of be a taboo idea for Christians to do that um, and in some circles obviously it's not but I don't think it should be taboo I think if you know God God can meet you in a church service or meet you in a conversation God can also meet you in your therapist's office and I know that having a counselor or a therapist has been a huge help for me spiritually because sometimes I have I'm, I'm dealing with like my life being broken I'm dealing with the places that my community might be broken that the world might be broken and that's hard for me to you know factor in and, and try to process that so I mean I'm I'm laughing about it but I'm also like yeah no seriously probably if you, <laughs> if you can you know do that um, and I, I think on a also on a on a sort of individual practical level maybe alongside therapy or maybe if you know, you're going through something and you're like, well, I don't know if therapy is the right step for me. I think one thing I'm learning is if you are in a place of pain, hurt, grief, if you're in a place where you're dealing with some of those things that you, whether that's therapy for you, whether it's journaling, whether it's having some people in your life that you can really be honest with, I think it's having to open that up in front of yourself, in front of God. And sometimes you have to sit with it a little bit. I think I have done myself the biggest disservice when I have experienced some of those feelings or things and I try to sort of rush myself past that. Like I just want to move on from it. And I think sometimes you have to sit in it enough to acknowledge, hey, this is where I am. You know, this is the place where I am. And if I'm here, that means God is here uh, with me, that God doesn't want me to walk through that by myself. But in order for me to grow or get healthy in this area, I have to acknowledge this is where I'm at. I feel like that's that's a it sounds like such a simple thing, but it can really be a big step. And and that can be so many things like, you know, and I wrote about this, you know, somewhat in the book. But, you know, sometimes that's you having to say out loud, man, I'm in love with that person. You know, like sometimes it's that like I need to admit I'm in love with that person or I need to admit I'm in this job and I feel dissatisfied here. I need to admit that I'm going to church every Sunday, but I'm angry at God. You know, I think it's having to start where you are before you feel like you have to sort of move on to what we deem to be our super Christian way of being, you know, and I think God can meet us in the place where we are honest. That was a uh, excuse me, I spoke at if too, Cameron Strang. Oh, I'm sorry. This was about Amina, but yeah, we want to make <laughs> did you hear? Did you hear Amina speak, Annie? Yeah, we can pivot. Yes, back you know, you we can, we were on stage at the same time because I talked about my grandmother, and then I brought her up on stage, and we talked about how we were the two women on stage that were standing on the shoulders of these women who had mentored and discipled us well, and then she went next right after me. And then, and was she upset about your Valentine's Day take as well? <laughs> <laughs> no, she was down with it. Um, I've never been asked to speak at if Cameron, Cameron, that's where we became friends, bud. That's right. Oh, Cameron, right. Cameron. Goes, I didn't speak. I was oh, just sitting no. on the back row. Oh, Cameron's yeah. always in if. disguise in a misdoubtfire disguise. <laughs> yeah, I thought I was making friends with an older woman, and it was Cameron. I, I work at the magazine store. Oh, I stand on the shoulders of my grandmother. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> Valentine's Day is lame. <laughs> <laughs> Spoonful of sugar. 
Nicholson Nicholson. And it's just a really everybody's like, yeah, that's that's Cameron. That's a dude. That's yeah. Cameron Strang, definitely. I was um, like, weird. Anyhow. I'll still be friends with him. It's cool. Anyhow, uh, congratulations yeah. on the big invite, Annie. Sorry we didn't oh. we didn't recognize you in the Amina segment. <laughs> okay, stay tuned up next. Your feedback. <laughs> If you are still trying to measure up against the people around you, Jeannie Allen wants to invite you into a different experience. In her new book, Nothing to Prove, Allen writes about the fears we have when we compare ourselves to others and encourages us to find freedom from our self-applied pressures through the story of Jesus. When we move our goals towards knowing and loving Christ, we stop placing our worth in people around us and find satisfaction in the complete truth of the gospel. Alan advocates for a life marked by contentment and joy in which we stop worrying about how you compare and start discovering the plans God has for your life. Find out more and order your copy today at genieallen.com. You're listening to Khalid. The song is Love Lies. Okay, so last week we introduced our new recurring segment, uh, the relevant listener of the week. Here's the deal: it went really long. We love, we love the, we love the guest. We love the guest. Yeah. It just went a little long. So uh, Chandler's that's, that's, recalibrating. Right. Just to reiterate, that's our fault, not theirs. Yeah, that's right. They, sure, yeah. she was a treat. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. But but we're recalibrating, and we will come back with a new and improved listener of the week segment next week. We're going to be intentional this time. Okay. Yeah, we're yeah. going to dial it in. And yeah. really, really, we need to say again: it was not the guest. No, I, no, no, I feel like it I don't want any shame editing. heaped on yeah. her head. It's no. not. It's not you. It's me. It's just it's, I feel like I, I need to travel a little bit. I, I just I, I it's just like there's a lot happening in me, and I I just let's see other people. <laughs> I just, I just am not ready to be committed right now. All right. So st- tune in next week for the listener of the week. Uh, I mean, maybe, I don't know. It's just it's been a long journey. Thanks. Your prayers are appreciated. All right. It's time for your feedback. <laughs> I just uh, broke up with our guests. Go last on. week. We, uh, we, we got talking about, um, uh, slogans for like everyday products, more yeah. accurate or honest yeah. taglines that the marketers should maybe be using. For everyday products, you guys went over. You hit us up with your suggestions uh, for more accurate slogans for products. You hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast, and you also posted on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Here are a few of our favorites. Um, I loved Madison Hurt. She said, "Lacroix, we dare you to pronounce it." <laughs> Which I liked. I like. There were a couple of good Lacroix ones. I was I was grateful for that because I'm I'm a fan. It's LaCrux, right? That's how you say it, Annie? LaCrux? Yeah, 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 yeah. I said it incorrectly. Thank you. Oh, happy, happy, happy to correct you there. Thank you. <laughs> For Sunset Brand Prune Juice, this is from Steve on Twitter. <laughs> oh, boy. We keep you regular. Sure, why not? That's, that's the real reason everybody buys that, so... <laughs> Captain Crunch, this is from Madison too. The natural palate palate exfoliator. It is true. They are mur- it's like sandpaper on the roof of your mouth, Captain It is Crunch. the worst. There's nothing you can do. You can there's no amount of soaking the cereal that'll make funny. it not just scrape the mess out of the top of your mouth. Yeah. It's a funny thing. Hmm. So delicious and we it's worth the scrape. It doesn't stop me. Yeah, I wish it slowed me down. <laughs> no, it speeds you up. You just got to push yeah, through. Serious. I like Eric Odom said that futons, your friend needs a place to crash, but also needs a reason to leave. <laughs> oh, I like it. That's good. That is true. Kmart, this is from Jordan. 
Kmart, yes, comma, we're still open. <laughs> well, <laughs> some of them. Yeah. It seems like when I, I read the business section, I, I feel like every about six months, there's another uh, announcement that Sears and Kmart's are, are closing another 800 stores. And I'm like, where are these stores? Where, what's yeah. left? Yeah. They're it's just like money they're just laundering all- operations at this point, right? No one's going there. They make them like purposely like disheveled. Like you go there and it looks like every time I go to a Kmart, it looks like the week before a hurricane hits. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, just yeah. like junk spread everywhere, pulled off the aisles. And I'm just like, ah, just, just leave the Kathy Ireland collection on the floor this week um <laughs> jordan uh, jordan hogan best buy amazon showroom oh <laughs> like, that is really true i'm like oh, that camera's great yeah okay cool order i literally I, I go into the best buy i look at it hold it get on amazon check the reviews and uh price shop price yeah. compare uh, yeah, uh, jordan also said ikea premarital counseling which is true <laughs> if you can make it through an entire Jordan's, ikea like literally you, go ahead and get married we were also so throwing shade at FedEx. Delivery time is relative. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. Apparently, I mean, did y'all see Timothy Rhodes too? He said Zaxby's opens on Sunday. Oh, that is. <laughs> it's like that is the truth. Right, if it's because, open Sunday. Right, because you're like, I need chicken. I can't obviously go to Chick Fil A because the of, only right. days I crave Chick Fil A are Sundays. Everybody says that, but yeah. it's true. Yeah. yeah, it's a weird thing. Yeah, so I really you want what you can't have. You know, would y'all yeah. pick waffle fries from Chick Fil A or crinkle fries from Zaxby's? Oh, waffle fries! Yeah, yeah. those crinkle waffle fries. I don't even anything. order them. I don't even let them put them on the plate. What? Yeah, I think they're terrible. They have great oh. seasoning on them. Cameron, Jesse, do y'all have thoughts on? I'm fries? not. A, I have I've been to Zaxby's once in rural Georgia. Yeah, yeah I don't. I, 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 yeah. It was a plate of <laughs> big tan. Ups to Georgia, and I don't big recall ups to Georgia. it. So yeah, this is where Annie lives. This is like her life. This yeah, is she's in a bridal suite in Austin, Texas. This is she's in the middle of this debate. <laughs> I am constantly living the Zaxby's Chick Fil A debate, you guys. Yeah. Hey, is Tom's toothpaste like a holistic toothpaste? Like, yeah, I, I use yes, it every day. Yes, yes, it's okay. It's so all hence natural. The slogan: <laughs> How plaster should taste, and pro- probably how it should operate. You could probably fill nail holes with it. Yeah, Tom's toothpaste <laughs> right. is definitely just a sort of former yeah. plaster, current toothpaste kind of situation. Yeah. There you go. All right. Well, there's a lot more that came from. You can uh, check them out for yourself. Okay, it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Uh, well, we already told you the question of the week. Uh, at the beginning of the show, Eddie has uh, two months of having to tell a lot of strangers why yeah. he broke his hand and yeah. is wearing this big cast as a full-grown adult, mm-hmm. and he can't tell them, Pop-Pop hit the floor out of frustration. So, <laughs> um, basically, yeah. So... So we was, it wasn't even like, it wasn't even like hey were the the kids yelling at you and the dogs throwing up it's yeah I was alone man just was just, just early in yeah. the morning just so frustrated I was alone with just my a, own psyche because either way Yikes. someone spins it either you're ill ill tempered or you have very brittle bones and either is not a good thing. <laughs> yeah. right. so we need better stories for how Eddie broke his hand yeah. as a full grown yeah. adult I just need a series of of just quick quick we're lies. just gonna make just you a list. it's yeah. like uh. Uh, on the office, Ryan Howard had all the excuses of why he wouldn't <laughs> yeah. go to right. lunch with Michael Scott, right? right? Bop, yeah. bop, 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 bop. Yeah. Like, get on your game, man. You know, right. like, just I, write them down on it. Keep them on your phone. I know ice dancing has already been, it's yeah. already on the list. Just quick, ice, ice skating, yeah. ballet. Yeah. Uh, we understand yeah. that. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. People could say ballet. What? That's what now I'd say. Can. That's, yeah, I would say ballet. Because you broke your ballet hand. People assume I do ballet. It's your ballet hand. <laughs> right. 
camera. At first, I thought you, I thought you said valet hand, and I'd be like, "Well, that's a good excuse." He slammed his hand in a car door while making a slick valet move. You know, <laughs> that, that's still more respectable. And the other thing too is, I think people just presume Eddie, it's something cool because it is, it is your punching hand. You know, uh, right? So, so right. it could have been any What's number. What's not of, cool is that two of the fingers are permanently extended upward, but yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah. the uncool the of the fingers it's the right. casting is yeah. not it's the not pinky good. and the guy next to it and the ring finger but i still have middle pointer and thumb like at a worship service if i saw that hand extended <gasps> oh, right wow. i'd be i'd wonder what you were doing right <laughs> <laughs> but, but but like let's say eddie if if like a comedic moment arose and you needed to poke someone in the eyes like three stooges style yeah. you still could it would just be with awkward <laughs> fingers yeah and and the one is two hands put together with foam around it so it'd be more of like a punch in the eye but which, you know, with, it, yeah which by the way how messed up like okay the three stooges good, good slapstick how messed up was that two finger eye poke do you know how I bad know. that would hurt it would like, be that's not man. something that's <laughs> not something stooges. if you're hanging out with your friends and one of them does something silly that you get them back by gouging them in both eyes like whoever thought that was comedy that i've thought about that since then like that is a horrible move to do someone the old two finger eye poke there are so many things like that like old shows that you go back and you're like how did that ever why did we ever think that was a hilarious like if you watch the old (laughs) dean martin comedy roast you're like this guy is a racist homophobic (laughs) terrible person how were we culturally laughing at sammy davis jr in both eyes at the same (laughs) time who does that how were we into this why was hurting each other funny (laughs) (laughs) all right so to tell us uh your excuse for or explanation i guess of how he broke his hand as a full-grown adult Mm -hmm. hit us up on twitter at relevant podcast or post your more elaborate Mm. explanations on the podcast Um, episode page at relevant magazine can't even tell you how much i deserve this and how little i like it i really thought (laughs) is there a way i can just hide the whole hand today because it's just the scarlet letter of lack of self-control that's oh, that's Eddie. what I'm wearing. Happy around. birthday, buddy! What a dummy! Well, yeah. no, we're going to come up with better ex- uh, explanations, so <laughs> yeah, you won't so have to tell so people. I am sorry that that morning truth. happened. That does tell make my me child sad. I'm a liar. Yeah, yeah. Well, here we go. Let's do it. <laughs> hey, thanks to this episode's sponsors for making the show possible. Uh, remember, with Squarespace, you can start your free trial today at squarespace.com and enter offer code Relevant to get 10 percent off your first purchase when you decide to sign up. Also, to Quip, if you go to getquip.com slash relevant right now, you'll get your first refill pack for free with a Quip electric toothbrush. It's awesome. Your teeth are your best friend. Thanks also to our guests. You know, a lot of your health comes from your oral health. You know, people people who don't take care of their mouth are sickly. This is what I'm saying. Your pinky is not your best friend. You know what? Get her up. Get her out of here. This is one. This is a bridge too far. Also, yeah, thanks for our guests, uh, Social Club Misfits. You can follow them on Twitter at Social Club M S F T S, like Misfits without the vowels. You know, Social Club with the vowels, oh, Misfits like, without like it. Make, like Maker. Their album Into the Night is out now. Also, thank you to Amina Brown. You can follow her at on Twitter at Amina B B E E, and her uh, book How to Fix a Broken Record is out now as well. Uh, hey, the 15-year hmm. anniversary uh, issue of Relevant is at the printer right now. We actually just, uh, it's shipping right now. We just got the first copies here in the office the other day. Oh, neat. And uh, so if you're a subscriber, you'll be seeing them in your mailbox soon. If you're not a subscriber, it's not too late to to jump in now and get the 15-year anniversary issue. You can subscribe at relevantmagazine.com. There's some special deals going on. Um, uh, Jesse, where would you rank this upcoming issue in the pantheon of issues? I mean, I got to say... 
far and away best issue ever. I mean, <laughs> this one actually, I'm embarrassed for some of our other issues to have to be on a shelf next to this. That's how good this one is. Far there and away. Go. We did. Hey, Cameron, we <laughs> yeah. did it again. Best issue ever. <laughs> That's like always the goal. The next one is your best one. I, I, but I, you know what's funny? I believe that he <gasps> believes that, and I love that about him. It's I the do. Moment I was that, just talking about this issue. Yeah. I'm like, I, I don't know. We did it again. I don't mean to pat ourselves on the back, but the bar's getting higher, and the it's pressure the, right now is almost unsustainable. That That's how good this was. But, you know. I mean, Jesse, like, oh, it, it, the pressure is getting to him so badly, in meetings, he'll just randomly pound his fist into the floor. I, and, and, uh, or sometimes <laughs> I just poke the whiteboard as hard as I can. You should yeah. see my hand looks like a crab claw right He's, now. It's all it's messed up. <laughs> I'm going through very, very painful physical therapy to get movement back oh. in the fingers oh, but you know they, they got me doing touch typing for beginners yeah. like back in darn it if he know, doesn't have a beautiful cool. glowy tan all the yeah, time I know. yeah i know <laughs> he looks great <laughs> he he the that's the thing i want to project confidence and nothing says confidence like seven layers of spray tan that looks like <laughs> a man and a, and a claw hand yeah and a, wow. <laughs> and a mangled claw hand from violently poking walls in frustration <laughs> mangled uh, all right on the good thing is i only have the cast for two months so these jokes should probably die down i'm just <laughs> yeah. saying yeah, we only, yeah, we're only going to get eight episodes out of these jokes. And then we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Eddie Koffel. Birthday boy. Yeah. I'm Chandler Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Annie F. Downs. We'll see you guys next week. listening to the relevant podcast if you like what you heard be sure to leave us a review on itunes check out other shows from the relevant podcast network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com and while you're there browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store make sure to subscribe to relevant magazine info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe i realize it's my mistake now that you go forever just for a moment when i We're trying to get them to come to our church to pass apples with their neck.